All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, February 1st of 2023, kicking off February here with a nine-game NBA slate. Uh, we'll be building any golf lineups today. If you guys are playing golf, I would recommend starting to look at the slate today. And then we got a two-game hockey slate. So it should be a fun day, plenty to talk about. Uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in in the Office Hours channel, in our Discord server, or live in the YouTube chat. If you're just tuning in and have questions, throw them in the live YouTube chat. We will get to all the questions before the end of the show. If you're interested in joining the Discord, there's a link in the description below. I encourage everybody to send in questions throughout the day when they're building lineups, when they something comes on their mind, throw it in the Office Hours channel. That gets us a steady queue of questions to get the show rolling while everybody continues to tune in. So that being said, going to get SaberSim pulled up here and have a couple of questions to get us going today, and we will see where we go from there. So should be a fun day. Looking forward to the stream, as always. All right, first question came in from Marky Mark. Marky Mark said, can you set up SaberSim to give you a specific amount of players, three, for example, to be in your lineups with ownership set to a specific number? Marky Mark, yes, you can do this. And you can do this with a group rule. So if you come over here to the right side of the screen, there is a group rules tab or a lineup rules tab, excuse me. Just pop that out. You're going to hit add new rule. You're going to go to rule type group. You're going to go to selection method automatic. What I would do is I would say use exactly three. And then I'm going to leave all the positions checked. I'm going to leave group by unchecked. And then I'm going to go add requirement. So here is where you would put in the stat requirement of ownership under a specific number. So for instance, if I want to say, you know, my own, uh, less than, I don't know, let's say like 15. I could, I could put that in as a stat requirement. The save as auto rule becomes green. And then I could just save that rule. And now that rule will be honored when the builder goes to build your lineups. So that's how you do it. Let me know if you have any more questions along the lines of that. And we are going to keep it rolling here. All right. Had a fun question uh, from Larson here. Uh, looks like plenty of people jumping in. And getting in on the action. So Larson said, Andrew, question about NBA DFS. Every night I see a few players with virtually no ownership that go for seven to eight X plus, but don't show up in any of the sim of my Sims. What typically causes these outliers, injuries in game, unexpected overtime slash minutes, etc. How can I dial in the Sims I run to try to pick up some of those tre these trends throughout the season? I play on FanDuel typically three max and single entry. Okay, good question, Larson. So, you know, kind of, uh, you know, looks like we're, we're looking under a microscope a little bit here. Let's zoom out a little bit and let's and let's go bigger picture. Um, I, I, I haven't done the official numbers on this, but I could guarantee you like for every one low owned, you know, lower salary guy that goes off, there's probably 10 that that do not do that, right? That probably do bad, do average, uh, don't get those unexpected minutes, things like that, right? So it's not like uh, we're, we're kind of searching for a needle in a haystack sometimes by doing that, right? If that is the approach you want to take, I understand it, right? 
I, it makes sense, right? You want to find those low-end guys that go off. Expect that approach to be more volatile, okay? So so balance that with, with diversification, uh, min uniques, diversify that with more unique lineups, um, diversify that by playing less of your bankroll, right? right? I mean, that is a, a higher risk approach. So you have to do those other things to, to make that approach viable over the long term. Not saying that you shouldn't take that approach or that that's a bad approach, but, but there are trade-offs to that approach, right? So typically, let's look at the slider settings. You know, you're saying you're playing single entry and three max. I think this is probably the first place that I want to start here. When you're playing these single entry and three max contests, this sim diversity is lower by default. The ownership fade is also lower by default. What, what the sliders are telling you is like, hey, you know, you don't have to get crazy different to win these contests. Every player is only going to have one to three lineups. There's no, you know, mass multi-entry. Uh, you shouldn't be worried about, you know, building the optimal or like hitting the nuts on, on any single uh, day. So you can approach these contests with a little bit less of a risky strategy, right? So that that is what the sliders are telling me here. Um I, I haven't done enough looking at, you know, are these like low owned uh, guys that are going seven, eight X that you're talking about always in the winning lineups. If, if that is something you were seeing often, or is that, that's something you think can significantly help you on a night to night basis. I would start by doing two things. I would one, increase my ownership fade and two, increase my SIM diversity. What this is going to tell the builder is, Hey, I want to play more plays that the field is not playing. I want to kind of get off of the chalk, right? So what ownership fate is going to do is it is going to look at ownership by position and basically high owned players are going to get like a negative multiplier and then uh, low owned players are going to get like a positive multiplier. And that is going to lead to you getting some more low owned plays. So, so that is one step in the right direction, right? Step two is SIM diversity. What SIM diversity is going to do is bucket those sims in smaller groups. So basically the, the more sims you use, the closer to a player's average score you get, right? But if we're taking really small buckets and really small samples, you might get, you know, a small batch of sims where one player grades out really well because he had one or two, you know, 99th percentile, 95th percentile games in that bucket, right? So, so increasing sim diversity is also going to help you there. So I would start with those two things as a as a step in the right direction here. Uh, looking back at the at you know the the example that we took uh, GM thirty three throughout there was uh, Norman Powell. Uh, his 99th percentile was about forty point eight, and he scored about forty three point five points. So even even like one of his top top range outcomes. I did a little looking at this yesterday, and um, to be you know, to be completely clear, like this isn't something that I picked up on, you know, I'm a big research guy or anything like that, but, but something looking back, you know, I did see that John Wall and Marcus Morris were out. Uh, John Wall has been out if I'm pretty sure. And Marcus Morris was ruled out. I also believe that Robert Covington and Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson were questionable coming into the game here. So they both were ended up being available and Marcus Morris ended up being out. I don't know if that had something to do with it, right? Maybe that is something that you can look into and, you know, spend some time figuring out uh, 
why that happened. And then maybe you can identify a similar situation in the future and then kind of uh, get a head start on that, right? We, we, we talk about in the MBA research video that Jordan and I did looking for situations that are inherently hard to model where there's not a lot of data, right? So maybe in this specific instance, you can go back and say, Hey, you know, Covington and Jackson were, were questionable coming in. Uh, I don't know how many minutes they played. Maybe they played less minutes, right? Maybe, maybe they only played a, a really small amount of minutes. Uh, maybe Norman Powell was first off the bench, played extra minutes. I don't know if he played this 25 or not. Uh, you know, we could, we could go and find that out, but, um, but that, that's something to look into. Right. So, so maybe, you know, when Marcus Morris is off, uh, Norman Powell is like his kind of one for one, right. They both play this small forward position and maybe, uh, Powell is, you know, ahead of the depth chart on guys like Batum and Covington and, uh, he gets the extra run, right. Maybe like that could be something that, you know, there's not a ton of data on and, or it's like, uh, Ty Lue does some, does some weird stuff sometimes. So maybe you can find some trends in there. So I would encourage you like, you know, do some research, see what happened with the Clippers that kind of led to that outcome. Right. I think some of those things are, are random. And then some of the, sometimes you could find like uh, a little, a little nugget, a little diamond in the rough there and, and, uh, keep that in your back pocket for when that situation arises again. Right. So those are the things I would encourage you to do. Um, not saying you're going to find something every time, right? I think, uh, you know, an example from, from two days ago was, was Troy Brown Jr. has not had more than like five rebounds since like November. And then uh, when, when AD and LeBron are out, gets like 17 rebounds, right? Is that, is that random? Is, is it that repeatable, right? Uh, that is something that I personally saw. And then I determined like, no, nah, that's probably like a like a one-off random thing. You know, AD and LeBron were out and he just got like a ton of rebounds. So um, look for those things. Be okay not finding anything and, and just chalking it up to this guy just had his 99th percentile outcome. And, you know, we, we, we still think his mean is, is X, but maybe you could find something there. Um, that can help you uh, get to such a player in such a situation in the future. But going, but you know, start start with those ownership fade and sim diversity adjustments. I think that is the best place to start. All right, uh, that is all of our Discord questions. Gonna hop over to YouTube chat. Looks like there is one question here from Andrew Hannon. Uh, if anybody has any additional questions, now is a great time to get them in. All right, Andrew said, uh, "Hey, Andrew, great name." I'm trying to get better at entertaining 150 lineups. When you get your lineups the way you want want them, how do you sort in SaberSim or is it slate dependent? Sort by SaberSim score, percentile, ownership, etc. Okay, Andrew, this is a really good question. Uh, what I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys, uh, you know how how I think about it, and uh, we can go from there. So usually 150, uh, 150 max. You know, I'm usually playing like you know. The piggy bank. Let's use a piggy bank for example. You know, playing the piggy bank on FanDuel, uh, 150 entries, about like 190-ish thousand entrants. So these are going to be my slider settings, and then I'm going to run my build here. So going to let these lineups run, but but basically, I I do use saber score and percentiles. I use them kind of at different uh, times depending on slate size. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Here, nine game slate, uh, big big slate, right? Uh, plenty plenty of games uh, going on here. I am probably going to use something like a percentile, either 95th or 99th. I've 
I've used 95th a lot. I've kind of been using 99th a little more. Um, for those of you on the pro plan, Jordan released a pro exclusive video talking about custom metrics has got me thinking about custom metrics. Um, been, been thinking about using 99th percentile a little more. One of the perks of being on the pro plan is those pro exclusive videos, but percentiles are great, right? Um, the reason I like percentiles on large slates is because the sliders are already accounting for correlation and ownership fade. I think that on a big, you know, nine game slate, there are millions of, uh, possible lineups that you can build and so many positive EV lineups that I'm really not worried about duplication. I already know correlation and ownership data are being taken into account with the construction of my lineups. I don't really think I need to grade for them at this point. I am mostly just concerned about building for upside in my lineups. So, so on a, a big slate that that is where I'm coming from uh, trying to maximize for upside just because I'm, I'm less concerned about uh, duplication and roster construction at that point. Uh, something that I did yesterday that, you know, it was like a five game slate and I'm going to, I'm going to hover back to yesterday. I did sort using Sabre score here. And the reason I sorted using Sabre score is something I do like to look at. Um, I like to look at the value column and I, I like to see, you know, is there value on this slate, right? This is like a five game slate. I, I would say usually like any slate four games and below, I'm like always going Sabre score for sure. And then any slate like eight games and above, I'm, I'm probably using a percentile. It's that in between from like five to um, seven games where it's kind of a coin flip. It kind of goes off of how I'm feeling or, or what I am perceiving the slate to look like overall. The reason that I like to look at the value column specifically is because this is going to tell me you know, are there players who are underpriced? Are you know, is somebody out and is somebody getting additional minutes? Or or what does this slate look like? Right. Typically, you know, the way that we uh grade for value, like this calculation, what this calculation is, it's my projection divided by salary times a thousand. Usually anything over six, I would say, is what I would consider like a true value play in like quotation marks here. Anything under that. I, I typically refer to it as like a well-priced slate. So when I come in here and I start to look at a slate, you know, if there's no value above six and the highest value guys are actually like higher salary guys, like to me, I would, I considered last night a, a, a well-priced slate, a, a low value slate going to be hard to find value spots and um, just going to be like kind of a, kind of a tough slate to build for. There's not like a, like a clear go-to, right? Like these guys at the top here, we're both like 40, per, like the top three value plays are all above 40% owned. So what was going to be pretty hard to get different last night. In a situation like that, I like to use Sabre score because when there's less clear places for value, to, to me, there's a little bit less raw upside to, to a slate. And I need to figure out a way to get different from everybody jamming in these 40% owned plays. So the way I'm going to do that is by accounting for correlation, by accounting for ownership fade and including those things in my lineup grading metric is more important to me on a well-priced slate. So that is something that, that I am handling on like a slate by slate basis. Those are kind of uh, some of the things that I'm thinking about that lead me to a conclusion about whether to use Sabre score or, um, or like a percentile 
Uh, I don't, I don't have any custom metrics like, like Jordan does that I'm using for like NBA classic slates. I, I mostly only use custom metrics for like, uh, for, for, I, w- I would use it for NFL short slates and showdown slates specifically, but, but that is what I am thinking about. It looks like Andrew said, I love it. Thank you for giving the explanation. Yeah, man. Happy to help. Uh, you know, some of these things are, are not an exact science. Some of them are more art than science. The way I might approach it might be different than the way somebody else on the team approaches it. And it's great to, you know, hear different perspectives, but I'm never going to, uh, you know, tell you guys something that, that I, that I'm not doing myself. Um, if, if it is something different, I, I would say like, you know, experiment with it, try it out, do a trial and error and, and see how you like it. But good question there. All right. Question here from Ryan Nelson. Have to wait until the sixth for the first decent size NHL slate in a while. Yeah. I, I know those NHL contests can be pretty tough. Uh, usually they get really big right around um, the NBA all-star break. I know that is like NHL players favorite time of the year contests are big get a lot of non-NHL users playing NHL during that week so I believe that time is 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 approaching pretty soon here I know Scott Mr. Clean um on on the Sabersim team always loves that time of year all right scrolling down here uh from Chase Holland said would using a metric that weights 95th percentile and Saber score uh the same be a metric that takes into account both in a good way. So Chase, what I would say is that if you are using a percentile and Sabre score, you are probably double counting. So I would um, only use one of those things. Sabre score is taking into account the upside of players, the upside of a lineup in general. So if you are, if you are using 95th percentile along with that, you are in a way double counting. So if you have questions about like custom metrics and things that you're building and want feedback, I would throw those in the pro channel uh, discord. A lot of people talk about custom metrics. Uh, If you watch Jordan's new video, he talks a lot about custom metrics. So um, it's a pro exclusive video. So people are posting questions about it in the pro channel. I think that is the best place for like all custom metric questions. You get a lot of feedback from other users in the community, as well as other members of the SaberSim team, because they they don't all see these questions, right? It's mostly just me. And then sometimes I will take stuff back to them. But if you want some more uh, SaberSim team eyes on it, that is a great place to, to post and ask questions about a custom metric. All right, jumping back to Discord. That is all of the YouTube chat questions, guys. If anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get them in. Got one more question here from Lotman or Latman in the Discord. Let me know if I am pronouncing that right or wrong or which way is the correct pronunciation, I guess. Uh, question is, Andrew, for a rare occasion like tonight's NBA slate, with the cancellation, do the sliders update to the eight-game slate defaults or would I just go back to a past eight gamer to see what's what slider defaults were there may not even be a difference at all since just one less game here. Okay. This is a great point. Uh, something I did not mention at the start of the stream. So for, for everybody playing NBA tonight, uh, if, if you're in the discord and you keep up with the NBA lineup alerts channel, the wizards in the piston game was canceled. I saw that uh, Detroit was stuck in Dallas and could not get a flight out due to weather concerns. And so they canceled the Wizards and Pistons game for tonight. Uh, as you can see in the app on the screen, we have removed that game from the slate. My understanding is the way that the sites will handle it is uh, players from that game will not accrue points. So we just removed that game, removed the players 
from the available player pool here. And um, it was a it was starting right at 7 p.m. Eastern. So there are there are two other games at 7 p.m. Eastern as well. So Locke isn't going going to move or anything. But as you can see, we we are still showing it as a nine game slate, even though that game is removed. So this is a good question. Uh, we the sliders are still set for a nine game slate. I frankly don't know if there would be a difference in the two uh, slider settings. So if 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 that's something you want to check on, I would go back to a previous eight game slate, see what the slider settings are for the contest that you're playing, compare the two, and then if the eight game slider settings are different, just change them in the app to the eight gamer and. Um, ride with those but really good question uh really um nuanced thing there that that i hadn't thought about myself so yes really good question lobman check it out i'm, I'm not sure if they're going to be different or not all right uh looks like chuck the pure is typing here so uh gonna get this one in the chat looks like he just finished up and we will see what chuck said chuck said hey andrew i have two separate questions how are lineups sorted if the metric is zero, the reason I'm using this metric is so the builder treats each lineup equally, then I would be able to get as much diversity as possible with maximum and uniques. Thoughts on this approach? Uh, did I skip one? Um, second part of the question. No. Okay. I, I got to look at these. So, so I said two separate questions. How are lineups sorted if the metric is zero? And then, then what I, okay, the reason I'm using this metric is so that Builder treats each lineup equally. Then I would be able to get as much diversity as possible with maximum min unique thoughts on this approach. So the custom metric here is a Saber score rank ascending with weight zero. So frankly, Chuck, I, I actually don't know how the Builder would treat this. If you are doing anything and multiplying it by zero, then then as a matter of fact, you know, all the lineups are zero, which, which it's which it sounds like you understand. So, uh, custom metric multiply by zero. I'm going to have to ask, cause frankly, it sounds like it could just be random, right? If you were to delete the rule and re put it in, um, the builder might do might order them differently, right? I, I don't think you have to do this to treat every lineup as equal. I think you could do that with, with any metric. Um, that being said, you know, I would make sure to encourage you to do anything that you need as far as player pool curation you know, stack type curation, lineup rules, uh, lineup filters, do everything you can to, to make sure that you are going to be comfortable with those lineups in the post build. So like if you get to the post build and you're saying, oh, you know, I never want to play a four stack. Like if you're taking this approach, you should get rid of that in the home screen. And I would just set a rule like, you know, use no more than three from one team. And, and then now, you know, that's taken care of and then take care of, you know, your filters. If you have, you know, things about minutes, if you care about projected score, um, if you care about 
uh, stack types, you know, get rid of certain stack types, get rid of all these four stacks. Like, I think their approach is viable, but one, just be very careful about making sure that you, you don't, something doesn't get in there that you don't want, especially if you're treating every lineup as viable. And, and two, you know, I, I don't think it's wrong to, so, so basically what you're kind of doing is you're saying, Hey, I have, you know, uh, 5,000 lineups here, for example, you're basically saying randomize them like in, in a way, right? If you're, if you're saying multiply them by zero, you're saying randomize all these lineups and then just let me, let me pick some from it. Right. Um, I don't, I don't think that's terrible, but I think that there is, there is value in these sorting methods, right? If we were to go into a build here, and, you know, th- there there is value in playing the top saber score lineup, you know, the top projected score lineup, um, the, the top percentile lineup. Like, like one lineup is first for a reason, right? Um, you know, if saber score, like when, when we take into account the aspects that are important in DFS uh, and, and we, we, you know, we, we juggle correlation, ownership fade, and sim diversity that these lineups are better than than the ones at the bottom they just grade out better i i think there's value in taking advantage of that and you have to just um figure out what's most important to you and and what i think is sometimes you know you're saying diversity is so important to you right and i think that's great maybe you need to simplify your sorting method and use something so simple. So like maybe Sabre score is too, too many variables to, to make you comfortable. Maybe just use projected score. Like I, I really never recommend this to anybody, but in, in this specific case, you want to treat every lineup as viable. Like projected score is, is the most basic lineup sorting method. And, I think that, you know, one, it's one variable. Two, regardless of what lineups you end up with, you know, you're going to max out mini niques here. At least you know you can fall back on that the lineups had higher projected scores and it wasn't trying to juggle a bunch of metrics. So something maybe as simple as projected score would would probably help you out. And then what, what you could honestly do is change your number of lineups to the pool size and then unique random fill all your contests. So, so then without you having to do anything, you could just say, you know, I want to focus all of my effort on building a pool of lineups that I am comfortable with. And then I am just going to randomly assign them from these 5,000 lineups. The only thing with that is that, you know, you can't guarantee them in uniques. So, Maybe that that's not a great approach. Uh, maybe you could make um, a case to like use you know ten percent of the pool. Like you know maybe if I have five thousand lineups, I'm or you know I have five hundred lineups in this pool. So and I, maybe let's say I need twenty. Maybe I build like fifty, and then maybe I you know apply my mini uniques and make any adjustments that I final tweaks, and then I randomly sample from there. So. I, I take a subset of the pool and then I randomly sample from that, right? So I think there's a, 
couple different ways to approach this problem. It's not like a, um, it, it's a nuanced problem, right? And th there's probably not a right or wrong answer. It's about the way that makes you most comfortable with the lineups in your contests at the end of the night, regardless of what happens. So definitely making me think here, Chuck. And uh looks like there's some follow-up here. So I'm going to get this in the chat. Chuck said, uh, yes, but it also gets the pool ready for me to max out many uniques. That's also a crucial part of my process. Saber score would be resistant to changing many uniques at some points. And then it's followed up by projected score might also do the same, but I'll try it out. Thanks. Yeah, man. Happy to help out. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys throw me for a loop sometimes and, and make me really, really think about these things, but it's fun, right? It's part of the fun of doing the show and getting to talk and interact with everybody is getting all these unique perspectives on DFS and, and where people are coming from. So definitely thank you for the question. All right. Hop back to YouTube chat question from Franklin said, what's up, Andrew? I want to group one player from one team and one from another, but only play them only play them only in 30% of my lineups. How do I do that? So Franklin, frankly, uh, not no pun intended. I do not think you can do this in a very good way. So the reason is that, you know, if you do a manual group rule where you're like, Hey, you know, uh, use, use exactly two. Right. And then we're going to pick, I don't know. We're going to pick two players. We're gonna pick high, high value players, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie Irving on two different teams. Uh, but I, I want to play them together in 30% of my lineups. If I put them in a manual group rule here, this is going to put them in 100% of my lineups, right? So the way that I would suggest trying this out would be similar to like the way we answered Fisty's question yesterday is by using player filters. And what I would do is like, okay, let's go up to projection Let's say I want to play, uh, let's say I'm building 20 lineups here, right? So 10% is two lineups. So let's say I want six lineups with Kyrie Irving and Joel Embiid together. What I would do is I would use the filter icons and then I would do the plus filter on Embiid and then I would do the plus filter on Kyrie. As you can see, I have no lineups here in my top 20, but there are five lineups in the pool where these players are together. And then if you just uh, click on the pool drop down, you can hit the lock button on these lineups and then it will make sure that these lineups end up in your pool in, in not in your pool in, in the number of lineups that you take with you into your contest. So I just added these five lineups to my number of lineups here. I'm going to get rid of these filters and then I'm just going to change this number at the top back to 20 now those five lineups that I locked are going to be part of my set here. And, and you can see they are part of the set. So now, you know, it's not, it's not exactly 30%. In this case, it's 25% just because there weren't enough lineups, but that's one way to do it. Right. And then you could do that inversely. It's like, Hey, you know, I have a ton of lineups where shy Gilgis Alexander is also with Trey Jones and I don't want them in a hundred percent of lineups together. I only want them in one. So what I would do in that case is I would take the lowest Sabres score lineups or projected score, whatever sorting method you're using. And then I would trash them. And then I would uh, remove these filters here. 
and then I would uh, fill back to 20 lineups. I would say yes to that and then let those lineups come back here. And then now I would know that um, Shai is probably only in one lineup with Trey Jones. And just so happens that um, there's only now one lineup with Shai. So there weren't enough good lineups with Shai without Trey Jones, which is okay. We're, we're okay with that outcome. So a little bit of a hands-on approach, but that is the best way to do it at the moment. Um, I I understand that, you know, it seems like a lot of people are asking for like, uh, be able to group by a percentage of your pool or apply a rule to a percentage of your pool. So I'm going to take that back as a feature request here. So feature request, um, apply rule to X percent of lineups. So definitely something that is kind of coming in frequently. All right. Uh, hopping back to Discord, follow up from Lotman here or Latman. Please let me know how to pronounce that. Uh, question is, I'm sure you touched on this in the past. Do you see any value to 0010 research builds close to lock time? I know post-lock value could end up skewing things, but wanted to get your take on what do you feel is is the best kind of NBA research build is and when you are comfortable running it, if any at all. Okay, this is a good question. So for, for NBA specifically, you know, you're probably not going to need the optimal lineup. So if 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 you're interested in doing this, which I think this is a totally okay approach, I would run a 009 build. These are going to be small buckets of sims where it's going to say, hey, this player grades out well across a small bucket of sims. The reason I would suggest 009 over 0010 is because when you're running 0010, you're running these single slate optimals. And those are the times when a game only happens one time where like a, a random one-off player can do really well and and end up showing up uh, in your lineups. I think it's less likely to affect you if you're doing a 0010 and then looking at the entire pool of lineups and, and making assumptions from the entire pool. But I think 009 solves that before you even need to get to that step because by taking these smaller groups, it's like, okay, this player needs to not only do good once, but probably do good twice or, or, or do, you know, better than average, you know, more than once to, to still make it in the lineup. So by running a 009, you're essentially doing that filtering uh, before the lineups are created, before you are making any assumptions as to, you know, leverages, ownership, et cetera. So I would suggest a 009. And frankly, I would prefer not to run this so close to lock. I understand that, you know, news comes out and, and news changes the way that, that you um, kind of decide these things, but I don't think you need to like wait till the last lineup is out to do your research. Right. I think that's kind of where I'm getting at here. Like I, I start my research, you know, way before all the news is out and I kind of say like, okay, you know, if, if, if this thing happens, then I'm going to kind of approach the slate a different way. But like, like say like, okay, you know, so-and-so is questionable. Um, I don't know. We'll use Philly as an example. Joel Embiid is questionable. You know, the builder is projecting him as in, you know, his ownership is projecting him as if he's in. So I'm going to do all of my research as if he is in. And then if I have additional time to do research, then I'm going to do some research as if he is out. And the reason I think that's good is that because, you know, it's, it's, it's either he's in or he's out, right? So if he's in, you're prepared 
and your research build is already done. Um, do you kind of know what you want to do and you could just build and go from there, right? Because we might not know if he's in until like 10 minutes to, to game start. I don't want to wait until he's out to, to make that determination. But if, if, if he does get ruled out, guess what? Every single player in your contest, you know, every, every site across the industry that does projections all have to update that information um, basically starting at the same time. And, and, you know, it might feel like a time crunch. You might feel rushed. Uh, everybody's feeling that way, right? It is the same situation for everybody. So you're not at a disadvantage, but I think you are at a disadvantage if you wait till somebody is ruled in to do your research. I think that your research should start. And then, you know what, if you're in the middle of your research and he gets ruled out, then you just start over and like, that's okay. You have to be okay with that. Uh, you know, sometimes you're going to do research and then something's going to happen and you're like, well, there goes all my research, you know, rip that page out of the notebook and then start fresh on a new page and, and get right back at it. Like it's a little frustrating. I get it. It feels like time wasted, but, but, um, but frankly, actually, uh, this is something that, that I do that, that I find a little, uh, better to, to solve that issue. I start my research from, from last game on the slate to first game on the slate. So if there are questionable players in this Atlanta Phoenix that I want to look at, I will start there. And the reason is because this news is not going to come out before a lock. Like all these games, the seven o'clock, because I'm on the West Coast, this six o'clock, this these three, five o'clock games, like all of this news will probably be pending. So I want to be most prepared for, for this news to see if I want to take it into account. And then I I am under, I am, like the way I like to think about it is like, okay, you know, the Joel Embiid news is going to be out before lock. I'm going to let the builder handle that. I'm going to let the builder update the projections. I'm going to let the builder update the ownership. The builder is going to know who is starting. And then I'm going to spend my time, you know, from, from last to first. And then if I get all the way to this game, you know, then I will figure out if I get all the way to the Philly game, you know, starting uh, last to first, then I'll do a scenario, you know, okay, he's in. And then I'll do a scenario. Oh, okay. He's out too you know, barring how much time I have. Right. But, but I don't always have that time. I do kind of trust the builder to handle those situations. So that's something I do to try to combat uh, wasted time and wasted research. It's pretty hard to uh, fully get rid of that just because of the nature of MBA, but those are my thoughts. So let, let me know if anybody has any questions or follow up in regards to that. All right. Running a little low on on uh, on breath here, but uh, but no, a lot of good questions today, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we will be right back tomorrow for our Thursday show. For any of you guys building golf lineups, uh, good luck. I'm sure it probably locks before our show. For anybody building NBA, NHL, good luck as well. So until tomorrow, I will see you all. Take care.